As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to the latest edition to hear that podcast. Growlin, Paul Inner Jr., and Jay Morrison of The Athletic are here with you. Jay, are your ears are your ears working okay? Do you, are you any any hangover issues after uh, your big <laughs> night with Kid Rock? <laughs> there's there's some fatigue, but there's no hangover. My ears are fine. We weren't close enough to to have the ringing, so very good time. It was. I, I took a lot of heat on Twitter for going to a Kid Rock concert. Number one, I do like his music. Number two, it was a free ticket, so can't turn down a free ticket to any show. Well, I mean. It's- <laughs> You can, you can have other things to do, but I appreciate that you went and had a good time and didn't have to sneak in this time as you did with anthrax earlier this week. So, uh, so good, good on you on that. Snuck into the pavilion, but I did actually use a real (laughs) ticket to get in the gate. When is the last time that you went to a concert with a lawn ticket and didn't sneak into the pavilion? Is what I would have known. Yeah. It's never happened, I don't believe. But the, the, <laughs> the funny, the last time we went to uh, Canada to see Shinedown, I had tenth row tickets. I sent a screen cap of my ticket to a friend of mine that I worked with at the Dayton Daily News, and he's a photographer. I asked him if he could Photoshop my tenth row to the first row, and uh, he texted me back and said, "I think you have good enough tickets as it is." Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's basically fair. a no. Yeah. Um, so good on you. Good on you for that. I, I hope you had a good time. We've got some Bengals news to uh, get to and uh, kind of a preseason game to preview, talk about. Uh, <laughs> but we've, we've got some things to, to watch, certainly, as the Bengals play the Giants on Sunday in New York. Um, you know what that means, Jay? We, we didn't do this last week. And, uh, you know, shame on us. Return of hashtag Bengals Growler Bet. Yes. That's right. Uh, so we'll have that as we get ready for the Sunday game against the Giants. But not just return of hashtag Bengals Growler Bet, where you can win some delicious 50 West beer. Also happy to be announcing the return of our big season kickoff party podcast live event at 50 West. We did this last year. It was uh, we had so much fun. It was so great seeing so many people that came out to 50 West and it's the Thursday night 
of opening week, so the Thursday night where the actual NFL season kicks off its Bills Rams that night, but we will do a podcast live in the beer garden at 50 West. Hopefully the weather's as perfect as it was last year, and we're going to have a cavalcade of stars uh, <laughs> coming through. And pretty much anybody uh, that is uh, around the Bengals and the Bengals beat, uh, I've put an open invitation to, and many of them said they're going to come down uh, and we'll have everybody on the show. We'll do predictions. We'll talk about what we think is going to happen for the season. We'll probably throw some bets in there, I'm, it's fair to say. And yeah. many, uh, a lot of fun will be had. And we'll hang out afterwards and have beers in the beer garden and watch on the big screen there at 50 West, Bills and Rams, and hang out. So if y'all want to come down, hang out, uh, have some drinks, and uh, listen to us talk about the Bengals season, we're really looking forward to that. We love the event, and I can't wait to get back there again this year. That'll be on Thursday, September 8th. Yeah, that, for me, that was one of the highlights of the year last year. I know there was the whole Super Bowl run and that thing, but the that, the the preseason party at 50 West was great, and and we did. We had a lot of guests last year. I anticipate there being even more this year. It seems like uh, everybody that, that, as you said, covers the team is interested in coming down and joining us, and uh, looking forward to seeing the beer garden. Yeah, is there, is there an upgrade? Uh, I don't, we're going to find out the optimistic <laughs> Bobby has, uh, they've got, they're doing more building in a stunning turn of events, uh, which includes these party areas out along the, the river down there, uh, just for anybody to have. And I, it, you know, he, he basically told me there's going to be a stage there and it's basically your stage. Like you guys are the <laughs> ones that come down here and, and would use it most often. So I don't know if that's going to be finished in time for Thursday. We hope it will. If not, happy to be back in the beer garden. Uh, but you know, they're all they're doing is building and expanding down there. And so, uh, really excited to get down there. Um, but first let's talk about, uh, news that's going on. Um, uh, if you follow the athletic football show, which you should be doing with Robert Mays, uh, Robert came through town yesterday and uh, we chatted, had about uh, about a 20, 30 minute talk, talking all things Bengals. So if you want to check that out, make sure you check. You really should be following the show anyway. It's fantastic. Uh, the feed just cranks out great stuff. Currently uh, number seven nationally in football podcasts on iTunes. So, you, you know, it's just uh, it, it's great stuff. So it was great to chat with him. You can go listen to that uh, over on that feed. Uh, news wise, uh, Lel Collins was not in attendance yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning. Uh, for a person, what Zach Taylor termed a personal matter, uh, wasn't able to say when he would be back based on that being a personal matter, just because, you know, doesn't doesn't want to talk anything about whatever it is. Um, again, Jay, doubling down, tripling down on zero concern about Collins not being ready for the season like that. They have really the one thing they haven't wavered on through all of his stuff has been he's going to be fine, ready to go for week one. Yeah, I mean, this absence is is really the only true absence. He's been missing from the field, but he has been around. He's been in meetings. So you, you do want to see more of the kind of the chemistry building on the offensive line with him actually on the field in 11s. Um, maybe maybe that part of it is is not quite where it needs to be when the season starts but as far as him being able to to handle the task and and be ready to go first snap against Pittsburgh they they don't seem that concerned and you know Frank knows Collins better than anybody on this staff and um you you have to trust what they're telling you in that regard um but it's still it's it's not good it's it's 
I know there's been a lot of comparisons to the Cordy Glenn situation. Uh, I don't see anything like that uh, transpiring that the, this is the back issue that he's coming back from and they're bringing him back slow because they do have that, that faith um, and that track record and knowing that he can get ready quickly. But you, you do with Burrow back now, it almost seemed like there was a little, little nudge from Joe's at, at the press conference yesterday saying it is important for them to get out there and all be out there working together. It did seem like a little nudge, didn't it? <laughs> uh, a little bit of talk. It's not, he wasn't afraid to say that, and he rarely is, uh, about how important it was in mentioning him specifically about getting everybody out there back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I do anticipate that happening before too long. That said, with a lot of this stuff, I mean, isn't this what the Bengals signed up for? This is, isn't this what they paid for? This isn't what you, you look, you want a really top, top talent right tackle at a discount? Here's your discount. Here's why you have a discount, because this kind of stuff has seemed to follow Collins throughout his career, and I think why you didn't see a ton of suitors for him, which, whether it was injuries popping up or just all kinds of stuff seemed to always be going on with him. Um, that's where they're at. And I don't. And I think they're willing to sign up for that as long as when it does come week one, and they hope through week 17 and beyond, he is out there, and I think they're willing to sign up for that uh, yeah. for now. Um, otherwise, uh, let's see, we have Derwin James signs, he resets the safety market, which that safety market seems to get reset over and over again. His agent is David Mulligetta, Jesse Bates's agent. Uh, so you have the same guy, uh, doing just working these safety deals and resetting markets, huge guarantees, 42 guaranteed 19 per year. Um, you know, look, I, I talk about this on Robert's show, like the Bengals were never going to go there that we, the Bengals offer was made. This is really, uh, it, it's really a moot point. It's just kind of another thing that makes Jesse know that he should get paid a lot next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're, I'm not going to dive back into the, what's co- becoming more and more of a charade, uh, with, with Jesse Bates. Um, but basically that's just more money for the safeties and the gap widens between where the Bengals were willing to go and where Jesse Bates might end up. So um, it doesn't really change anything. That's the whole thing about all of this. And it doesn't change anything. Like it's, he's going to come here and at some point he's going to show up and on his timeline, get his business taken care of sign, make his 13 million per year, uh, make his thirteen million for this year, and then go get. Maybe he'll be the next one to reset the safety market if he plays well in the in the uh, in the spring. But this doesn't. This only adds to the numbers that he could possibly get. That's all it does. It it, it doesn't. There, he was never coming back here in the first place. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What you said. He could reset the safety market, but it's not going to be here. This the, the the Derwin James. Obviously, Jesse Bates has a lot of interest in that. Has very little relevance as far as where the Bengals are concerned. That's correct. Uh, Joe Burrow's on the cover of Sports Illustrated, um, looking all Joe Burrowy, and uh, <laughs> you know, and uh, a great story by Connor Orr, uh, kind of just talking. It's, it's a, a very big picture look at Burrow and the Bengals as a whole and the season they had and where they're going. 
Um, a lot of stuff that you know we talk about here on a regular basis. But great, great work by Connor. Love the story. Uh, great work from the, their photo team. It was cool. A lot, a lot of it's uh, very cool. Um, Zach Taylor surprised to find out that his love <laughs> of New Girl ended up in this story. Uh, as we asked him about it yesterday, the show New Girl he, uh, was a reference that apparently he's watched every episode like a hundred times, I believe, according to his wife. And uh, I don't. I, I have to imagine that uh, judging by his complete surprise that this ended up in Sports <laughs> Illustrated yesterday, uh, he probably was very curious as to why Sarah would share that information uh, <laughs> upon coming home from work yesterday. But it was a funny, uh, a funny little conversation with Zach as he found that news out from us yesterday. Right. I kind of got the impression that he didn't wait till he got home from work yesterday. I bet as soon as he got back up to his office after practice, he texted Sarah like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, he says, look, it is a funny show. I just don't know why it belongs in Sports Illustrated. My love of it. Uh, so good stuff there. So yeah, breaking news there in sports. But a lot, a lot, a lot of other great nuggets from Connor. I'll let you read the piece. Uh, one transaction, uh, Javaris Davis uh, was signed and Buki Radley-Hiles uh, was let go. That's a cornerback swap as the Bengals try to find maybe somebody else that could help them at cornerback, realizing that he isn't it. Uh, Davis is from Auburn, was a college free agent for Kansas City in 2020, spent a year in the Dolphins practice squad and played in one game. Uh, preseason flyer, right? Maybe he comes in, mm-hmm. maybe he does something. Either way, they'd already decided on the other guy, so let's see if maybe somebody else can come in and do something. Uh, Deontay Smith was back, not obviously fully in contact or anything like that, but back actually helmet, jersey, doing stuff uh, as he kind of has, has come back from his injury. So closer for Deontay Smith. No word necessarily on whether he will play Sunday. He would probably would have to uh, improve vastly over the next few days. My guess would be they would take their time with that and give him the Rams game. Uh, but we shall see. But he, he's obviously much closer where that Rams game looks and those Rams practices. Uh, look really good for him to be back yeah and I mean he's kind of a forgotten name there's so much focus on Carmen and Volson at that left guard battle but he now Trey Hill has entered the the picture by from what Frank Pollock said the other day and you you have to think a healthy Deontay Smith would be could be right in that mix as well so yeah I think they're going to try to see as much of him as possible before cut down day and not that he's in, in danger of getting cut but they want to know where they stand depth wise on that on that o-line no doubt all right let's take a second and switch gears here and hear from a sponsor looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. 
Joe Burrow speaks. Let's talk about this. Um, so for the first time since the appendectomy, uh, Joe Burrow in front of a microphone discussing everything. And, um, you know, I, I, there's a lot to take away. Uh, I'm going to bring you just kind of a, a portion of what he had to say as he described um, his what was his ruptured appendix and, you know, going in and out of the hospital and, and, you know, losing a lot of weight to the point he didn't even want to admit to us how much it was and uh, just a lot of stuff there. So I'm going to bring you here uh, some of Joe Burrow that we chopped up to mostly just be about uh, his appendectomy and stuff. Uh, and we're going to discuss some of the takeaways. So here is Joe Burrow with us uh, on Wednesday at Paycor Stadium. How you feeling? Feeling good. Feeling better every day. I'm working on getting my strength back, my weight back, all that good stuff. So I'm feeling good. What, can you just walk us through kind of what happened and what led you kind of get the appendectomy? Yeah, I mean, it was... It wasn't the normal appendic, appendicitis that you hear about. I didn't really feel much. Just was getting checked out and had some discomfort, and so we thought we'd get it checked out. Uh, turns out I had it, so we had to get it get it fixed. Um, not not ideal timing, obviously, but glad we glad it happened now and not halfway through the year. When you look at your career so far in terms of off seasons, obviously your first year COVID, last year yeah. the and then this, I know it's not really your personality to do the whole woe is me, but like at, at any point did you bring just like, this is really annoying? Yeah, I'd like to have a normal off season at some point. That would be great going into the season feeling you know, as good as I can. Um, but that hasn't been the reality for, for three years. And so you make the most of what you got. We'll try again next year. How challenging will it be to be ramped up to where you feel like you want to be by week one, or do you feel like that's very much in play, or something that's going to be a challenge? No, I think I think it'll be okay. I think you know we have a good plan as far as you know nutrition and weight room and rehab and all that good stuff. So I'm feeling really good right now, and I'm just going to keep feeling better. How much weight did you lose? Did you yeah, lose I'll keep that to myself. But <laughs> I'm working to gain it back. Yeah, is, it, is it physical? Is it timing? Like, what's the biggest thing that now is something you have to get over? Yeah, just getting back to where my body was. Before the surgery, you know, I was feeling the best I had coming out of, of the off-season training, and so now it's just trying to, to get back to that. Did you place the specific timeline on trying to get back, or did you just kind of take it day to day, week to week as, as you went along? You know, it was just following doctor's orders. I would obviously would have liked to be out there faster, but that's, that's not that wasn't the reality for, for what I had done, and so we got back as fast as we could. Kind of on that last note, were you surprised with how well you practiced on Sunday, kind of immediately throwing deep balls all over the field? Uh, I wouldn't say. I mean, I've completed the balls. I wouldn't say, you know, I have had as much juice as I would have liked. You know, hoping, hoping I go out there today and feel feel better than I did then. Have you felt pretty good the day after? I mean, a lot of times when you start ramping up, you know, and you, and you get a push a little bit more physically, you might feel something the following day has been pretty good for you there where you can continue to wrap up. Yeah, the more the more I've done each day, the better I've felt the next day. And that's kind of how how it's always gone for me. So the more the more activity that I can do, the more lifting, the more the more practicing, the better I've all feel. Zach said that seven on seven reps, there was two scheduled for you on Sunday. <laughs> did you just make the call to stay in? How did that go? Um no, me and me and uh me and Pitch made that call. I guess we didn't tell Zach, but <laughs> that was <laughs> that was game time decision. 
What's been the most uncomfortable part in terms of physicality? Like you looked like you were kind of uncomfortable standing at first, and then you looked more comfortable throwing. Is it your abs? Like what's been the most uncomfortable part of this whole process? Yeah, it's just getting getting my my abs and my core reengaged because you know when when they cut into you and do all that stuff, you know your your core is going to lose some muscle and and some strength. It's just getting that back. You used, used the word juice earlier. Are you still working to kind of get the velocity you usually throw it? Yeah, that's just going to come back. You know, the more I do in the weight room, the stronger I get. When did you start throwing it? Was something the first time? Were you able to throw it? No, that was, that would, I mean, I started tossing it around. That would have been two weeks, two weeks after surgery is when they said I could start doing that. I think I already know the answer to this, but I do have to ask, with all of the changes that this franchise has made recently in terms of things that could potentially help make more money, a lot of it, including the owner, Mike Brown, saying, we see the train coming in terms of your contract. When you see all of that and the investment this franchise is making in you, no, it doesn't mean anything if I go out and, and stink it up all year. So I'm I'm approaching this season the same way I've approached every season in the past, working really hard all off season, having a setback and having to come back from it. So I'm I'm focused on this year and, and winning as many games as we can. Nothing left is a team period. You know. Did you feel like it was important to be out there when you couldn't like do much of anything? Was it important to be out there just kind of present at practice? And if so, why? Yeah, I think so. Um, just more so for mentally for me to just kind of get back into the swing of things. You know, you're in the hospital for however many days, and you, know, you start to feel like a sick person, so you want to get back out with the guys and, and feel healthy again. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that's. I mean, we haven't talked about it, but that's my plan. Do you need to play in preseason or want to play in the preseason? Uh, obviously, I would have liked to. Um, this whole thing is kind of thrown a wrench in that, so I, I don't anticipate I'll be playing in a preseason game now. Was there was there a point during this whole thing where you were getting really nervous about what exactly is going on, or did you just feel like it'll be okay? Um, no, I just didn't really know what to expect, and so I was just kind of going along with it. And you know, now that I'm feeling the way I am now, I'm getting exponentially better each day. Each day that I'm in the weight room, each day that I'm on the field, I'm feeling stronger and stronger. So I think you know, by game one, I'll be feeling great. As hard as you work physically in the offseason and continue to get stronger and more athletic, whatever terms you want to use, was it just frustrating <laughs> to look in the mirror and, and see weight loss after a ruptured appendix yeah it was it was frustrating but you know control what you can control and so you know we're working back to get to that point not quite there but we got three weeks left to to get my strength my speed and my athleticism back to to where it was before nutrition wise what do you have to add or subtract to get back in such a short time gotta go back to the high school days when (laughs) you're trying to gain 20 pounds in a in a couple weeks span so we're we're forcing down as much as we can What's, what's, what do you eat? What do you uh, eat? What do you? Uh, Everything. <laughs> <laughs> just in terms of getting yourself back physically, are you having to spend more time in the weight room, more time training, or is it just a different sort of focus? That? Um. Yeah, more time than I normally would in camp, just to try to, to build myself back up. But you know, we're obviously when you're this close after surgery, there's certain things you can and can't do in there. So um, it's just trying to figure out the right mix of, of volume and weight to, to build myself back up. Are you taking that time away from anything else? Are you coming in earlier? Like, how do you try to do that up? No, that's just extra time you got to put in. 
What was the pecking order of people to get rides for you on the golf cart? <laughs> was there one? Was there a lot of lobbying? Whoever hopped on, first come, first serve. <laughs> not, not reserved for the quarterback. No. <laughs> golf cart a pretty good tool for uh, casters <laughs> yeah <laughs> just try to be you know when you're when you're like that you try to find any joy that you can when you're just sitting we can only sit around all day so you know that was kind of fun was there anything particular about scooter you didn't like it seems like you got it it was going i mean as fast as you guys saw it going that's how fast it could go so we had to find something else <laughs> <laughs> what did you do to pass the time as you were recovering well you know i was here when I could be here. Other than that, I was in the hospital, so sleeping as much as I could, really. I didn't didn't do much to pass the time except, you know, handle the pain and sleep. Obviously, these injuries are something that you would want to happen, but I'm sure you've learned from everything you've been through. What has what you've been through from a health standpoint taught you that you maybe learned about yourself that's now a positive for you? You know, I just think my whole career has been coming back from speed bumps and adversity and so I don't I don't know I don't know anything else that's just just another speed bump in the way it is what it is got to come back from it you, you control what you can control and this is what we're dealing with right now <laughs> uh Jay that that um end part there um was really what stood out and and kind mm-hmm. of what I ended up writing my column about yesterday is look this is not something that as much as it throws a, a a stick in the spokes of the plans for the season, it's just another thing. Like Burrow is so used to stuff, having to overcome stuff, whether it's three years as a backup at Ohio State and having to transfer to even get a shot and having to work his way into a new program, having to be the number one overall pick and play right away with zero offseason or preseason COVID year. You know, having the ACL to come back from and now the appendectomy, it's just like he said, it's another speed bump. It's another yeah. obstacle. This is what I'm doing now. Like this is this year's process. And 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 he's come back from all of these things to be great. So to think that this one would be different than the others, you know, he's perfectly positioned to deal with something as adverse as what this has been. Yeah. I mean, that's just in his nature anyhow. And I just, I, I know he doesn't or probably doesn't pre-plan what he's going to say in those pressers, but I love that he used the term speed bump because you could have said hurdle. You could have said obstacle. Those, those things sound more daunting to overcome. And he's like, yeah, you know, ruptured appendix surgery, just a little speed bump, nothing major. Um, and, and kudos also to, to Kelsey for that question, because it was for that, that question came right toward the end of the press conference like it, it felt like we had asked joe about every it was really long 20 minutes there. of asking yes. him about his organs yes and <laughs> and uh you know she circled back and he gave maybe his best answer of the press conference there toward yeah. the end and that, another thing that stood out to me was there was it, we may have set a record for longest continuation after the awkward pause because it was about 10 minutes in and it seemed like everybody was done. There was a long pause and normally Joe gets up and he's like, okay, good guys. And I'll take off. Uh, he didn't, he sat there and waited and waited. And then some more questions came and it started flowing some more. And he just, he looked like you would expect him to look up there, just calm and cool and relaxed. You know, he doesn't enjoy these press conferences, but he understands that he has to do them. And he, 
He gives good answers. He gives thoughtful answers. He he can be playful at times. Um, it just it seemed like he doesn't look like the old Joe. He's still got that weight to put back on, but he 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 seemed like the same old Joe that we've come to know the last few years. Yeah, I mean, really, the the takeaway for me as far as Burrow's current predicament is you know, the weight loss being as significant as we thought it was. I mean, at one point he says, you know, I got to, it's like the old high school days. I got to try to put on 20 pounds in two weeks. And, you know, I don't know if he was speaking to those were what he did in his high school days, or he actually needs to put on 20 pounds. That would not be a surprising number when you consider how he looked and the fact that he didn't eat for a week. And so that's, that's a big deal. I mean, the fact that he, yeah, he, I bet he is eating everything, as he says. You know, I, I, he, he's in there just trying to hit the weight room and, uh, and, and eat a ton of food and get all this, this weight back on to get back to where he was. I mean, you're, when you're talking about, you know, three, four weeks, that's plenty of time to get your strength all the way back, to get your weight back up. And he, he didn't seem to have much concern with his ability to, to be back there and this, this to progress. And I wouldn't, and I, and I wouldn't either, uh, you know, when he looks the way that he looks, he participated in 11 on 11 for the first time on Wednesday, continued to look good doing that through a lot of deep balls, which Zach Taylor said, wasn't necessarily a part of the plan. It was just kind of the way the coverage dictates, but Burrow spoke specifically about wanting to make sure he was able to unleash a little bit more deep balls and get a little more juice on those, get his velocity up all part of what will come with the process. Um, but that that weight element, uh, I think, is really the biggest part of of all of this when you talk about things that he sort of divulged. That and you know the whole comment about all I did was go to the hospital, deal with the pain, and sleep. Mm-hmm. Like he came to the he came here when he could. He spent a lot of time in the hospital. He said he he mentioned feeling like a sick person because he was there so much. I mean, it was was all happening behind the scenes. Um, and, and, and it explains why there was such a weird, you know, we talked about this at the time. It was all very weird and vague. And some of the things being said were very mm-hmm. concerning. That's because behind the scenes, he was a, he was a sick person with a team of doctors in the hospital, uh, and, and dealing with a lot of pain. So, um, really a lot, um, th- I think pulling back the curtain on that, on those two things was the big thing for me. Yeah, admitting he admitted that it it did rupture, and that's right. that's where that his pain tolerance comes in. Where he was trying, he just thought it was a stomachache, just trying to fight through it. And you know, you ignore something like that too long, and it gets bad. Um, the it, it's interesting that the he he's trying to put on weight and increase strength, and those two kind of work against each other because if you're trying to increase your strength you're working out harder which means you're burning more calories which means it's harder to put the weight on so it is it's kind of a a double-edged challenge here to to try to do both um it'll be interesting to see how quickly he can put the weight back on if if the strength training aspect of it is is as important um he's he hasn't really uncorked the the super long balls but you you mentioned yesterday 30 35 yard go routes down the sideline and just just unreal to watch it in pre- I mean Jamar Chase running full speed blanket coverage and and Burrow just drops it in hits him drops it in the bucket hits him in stride great coverage by Eli Apple nothing else he could have done and it, it goes for this long gain and you're just it, you, you sometimes I don't know take it for granted watching this guy week after week after week and 
you see him out for a few weeks and it it was just that was one of those i mean he made a lot of good throws but that one you just were left shaking your head like how how did he do that yeah uh so burrow continues to kind of work his way back and we have a little bit more insight into where he's at and i think you know it's this is just what he's going through, as he says. And so we'll kind of continue to monitor as he goes through it. But mm-hmm. uh it does seem to be kind of leaving this in his rearview mirror uh, at this point. And I think that was kind of one of the last boxes to check was mm-hmm. was 11 on 11 team and uh, talking to us and admitting everything that had been going on. And so now we all can sort of move forward. All right, let's just take a quick break. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Congratulations uh, to Ken Riley's family. Um, oh, a day that is a long time coming. Ken Riley among the three finalists to uh, be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame by the Senior Committee. Um, along with Chuck Howley and Joe Klecko. Um this people don't understand. I mean, it's it's kind of a complicated process. The senior committee happens in August. It's nine people. Uh, they get together and they do a vote on who out of they had previously twelve finals, which also mm-hmm. included Kenny Anderson, um, and whittle it down to the three. That is their recommendation for who should be inducted in by the whole committee, which does the modern day Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees and and the senior committee. They do that in February uh, in the lead up to the Super Bowl. So th- this is a rubber stamp situation. The senior committee recommends these three, and you need 80% of that next group to vote them in. They always do. They do whatever the senior committee tells them to do. This was the vote. This was the vote in. Um, Jay, you went back and looked. I mean, it, it has happened before, but it is very, very, very rare for anybody to be rejected by the main committee. Yeah, since the last time that someone was rejected by the main committee was 2012. Um, and since they they always used to do one senior committee recommendation, then when they went to two in 2004, uh, there's only been four times that there's been a, a rejection from the senior committee. And three of those four got voted in later, you know, a couple years later. So it's it is it's a rubber stamp. It's a great thing for Ken Riley. Very. Very disappointing for Ken Anderson. I, I I wanted to get his reaction, and I I texted him and said, I know this is probably a bittersweet day, but if you have a minute, and he called me, and he was in the, he sounded like he was in a great mood and very congratulatory of of uh, Ken Riley, and he said that 
I, I know he's disappointed, but he was putting on a brave face. He was being classy, and he said, you just can't argue with it. It's the guys that got in are deserving, and to see another Bengal go in and to see Ken Riley go in and know how much he deserves it, just Ken Anderson was was all praise and joy, um, and that was it was a brave face to put on because I that this has to be disappointing. Ken Riley's son talked about it that that how how much this means because of all the disappointments leading up to this, and it's it's been the same way for Ken Anderson. It's just disappointment after dis, after disappointment after disappointment, year after year after year. Um, but this he was in the final twelve. Three of those are now in the Hall of Fame, so that that puts him somewhere between first and ninth next to get in on, on the senior committee. Although there are more and more people added to the the list each year, but uh, fingers crossed that that we can be uh, talking about Ken Anderson like this next year or sometime soon. I do think a big part of this with that committee was a reluctance to put two Bengals in together. Yeah, you know you have a lot of fan bases that feel like they have. I mean, they're that's why they needed to add it, add this extra where they're doing this run of doing three every year because there's just such a huge backlog of people that really should be in. And when you're only able to get one or maybe two in each each year, you know, it, it was it really creates a lot of fan bases that are that feel like they're left out and some of their true legends being left out. Obviously, Bengals fans are well aware of that. And so the idea of putting two Bengals in rather than, you know, trying to do something for three different franchises and three fan bases, I think is a part, a real part of their thinking. I don't necessarily um, agree with that. I think it should be whoever is most deserving of being in. But for that reason, I think is a big reason why you end up seeing them kind of picking one, right? Like them just mm-hmm. saying, we're going to go with Ken Riley. So maybe that's good news for Ken Anderson um, next year or the year after. Who knows? Um we shall see. Uh, but for now, uh, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time with this one, Jay. And I have with, I did with the ring of honor with Ken Riley. Uh, and I did because it's, it's all too late. It was mm-hmm. all, it was all yeah. screwed up. And it, you know, this was, re- this is ridiculous that we're having to do this for somebody after they've passed. Um, because some, he deserved to be in a long, long time ago and should have gotten this moment. He should have had, but he should be the one talking to us. He mm-hmm. should be the one uh, that gets to go give his speech. He should be the one that gets to hear all these great things and and feel the honor of his career, both inside of the stadium when they when they did the Ring of Honor and, and now in Canton. It's great that people are doing it now, um, but it's ridiculous that he's not going to get to enjoy this moment because they botched it, and it's frustrating. It's for us. It's 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 it a is. bittersweet thing. It's hard, and I know I know his son has relayed the similar sentiments when he talked to you. Yeah, and, and he he, it was all about the disappointment. Not so, there wasn't a hint of being bitter, but it has to be. I mean, he talked about you know the Hall of Fame called him, so then the first person he called was his mom, and he couldn't even get the words out. He just started crying, and they they shared that cry together, and and it, it's just flashing through. He said what was flashing through his mind all day was that last conversation he had with his dad uh, after the 2019 centennial vote where they let, I think they put eight seniors in that year. And when he didn't make that, he just said, that's it. It's never going to happen. And he just remembered how disappointed he was after that one. And to, to, to be robbed of a, a chance to to have the joy of, of seeing his name pop up this time, it you there there has to be some bitterness there. But they're they're doing a good job of of put 
you know, putting the positive spin on it and just saying how, how great it is. And it will be, it will be great to see who knows. I mean, maybe Willie Anderson, what if, what if he makes it? You could almost count on the Bengals being in that hall of fame game next year up in Canton. Cause they know the, the Bengals fan base would travel and it, to only have one in the hall of fame forever and then get two in the same year. Like you said, they weren't going to do it senior committee wise, but the, the, the Willie Anderson thing is a completely different element or a different vote. So, yeah. um, I, I just, it is, it's, I'm, I'm really happy for the Riley family, but at the same time, a little sad knowing that Ken won't be there to enjoy that moment. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, Ken, I'm sure Ken Anderson feels similarly of wondering, mm. oh, you know, is it ever even going to happen for me? And, 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 um, it's fair to wonder that. I mean, it is, and, and I'm sure that's, that's tough too. Cause you know, I don't, the the bias against him mvp four-time passing champ like i mean that's it's hard to argue with a lot of that stuff i mean i i i went through you know you those of you that listen to this program um no i'm not going there i'm not going down my my problem with the voting (laughs) process but the you know the importance of adjusted net yards per attempt plus which which i've used in talking about how good burrow has been in the connection to winning um Ken Anderson had four seasons of at least 120. We talked about how great Burrow was last year at 115. Four. Hmm. I mean, four super elite seasons. Four. And has an MVP. Um, you know, played in the Super Bowl. It, it's uh that's a that's a hard that's a hard one for me to understand what has people so reticent about. Um, other than, you know, if we're talking about biases, you get in all that stuff. But regardless, um, hopefully that happens for Ken Anderson one day. But congratulations to Ken Riley and his family mm-hmm. um to getting to enjoy this. Um all right, let's uh let's get into it, Jay. Let's talk a little bit about our scoops for the week and then we'll move forward to talking a little bit about Sunday. We did uh we had a bunch of scoops uh earlier on Tuesday, some fun stuff. Uh we've got a couple more here for you as we've gone through the last two days uh down at Bengals uh practice and open locker room. Jay, you would you want to kick us off? What do you got? Yeah, this is it's this one's not fun so much. It's just an observation <laughs> from practice yesterday. But it and want to be careful because we don't know for sure what happened. We can see what's going on in the field. You can't always hear, but it, it, it looked like Jackson Carmen was, was kicked out of a drill. They were doing uh two on two stunts and he w- all of a sudden he wasn't in there and he did not go back in for the rest of the drill. And he kind of kept walking back up, like waiting for them to call his turn. And he was never put back in. Um, later when they went into team drills, he was not with the first or the second team. Um, it was Trey Hill and it was Cordell Volson re- do- taking the reps at left guard. Um, toward the end of practice, he was in there and he was in there with the first group. So it's not like he was whatever was going on earlier lasted for the entire practice. But um, it, it's, it's clear at this point, it almost looks like last year where he was, he was running with the ones in OTAs. They come back for training camp and he's, he's third team. And it, it almost looks like he's, he's falling that far again. Yeah. It's a very similar path that we mm. saw last year. Very, very similar, except he never, he never was at the top at the beginning. He just started at the bottom, <laughs> worked his way well, up for a little bit, and then first. went back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, that's good. I, I have a good one um, that I actually have from <laughs> earlier this week, and I to- realized after we recorded on Tuesday, 
I can't believe I forgot this one. So I, anybody that noticed this, it was on Twitter. It was out of nowhere. And it odds shark, it, one of these like, you know, betting sites that just makes up odds for all kinds of crazy stuff, um, had a tweet that was odds on who would be Kim Kardashian's next boyfriend. Okay. Now the list had about eight or nine names on it and it was names that you would expect. I think even, you know, it was like Pete Davidson and Kanye and famous people and people that could be in in her orbit, I guess, whatever that even means anymore. Uh, (laughs) But about like in the middle of the list was Chris Evans in parentheses Cincinnati at like 20 to one. And I, and I was like, what in the world? How is Chris Evans on here? And he subtweeted it with just, you know, the, the eyeballs emoji, which, yeah, I, that's, I think that's the proper emoji for this situation <laughs> when it shows up. And so I asked him about it. I said, Chris, how, how the hell did you end up on the Kim Kardashian boyfriend list? And he said, well, okay, they told me <laughs> that they ran an algorithm on who on let's see it was reggie she dated reggie bush who was a a running back and she also dated somebody from michigan so they looked for a running back who was from michigan and also who wore number 25 like reggie bush and guess who it turned out chris evans so they put him on the list and he ends up on the list and he says yeah i mean so hey I'm going to shoot my shot. Might as well use this. So he's like, she, she's got a message waiting on her in, her in her DMs. If she chooses to look at it, I don't know if she will, but I feel like he, he, he said, I feel like on behalf of everyone in this locker room, I got to at least shoot my shot and take a chance. Right. And so, uh, Chris Evans, he's, he's good. He's doing what he, he said, you know, we'll just, we'll just let nature run its course and see what happens. But, uh, so Oh, just a funny thing that struck me, and that's hysterical, that the algorithm ended up spitting out Chris Evans <laughs> randomly. So uh, good luck to you, Chris. Good luck. If, 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 that, if that's the luck that you want to have ending up in the Kardashians world. Are we going to have to stake out the team hotels on the road to see if Kim's showing up at any point? Oh, dear God. Don't bring that into our lives. <laughs> I do not need that. We really don't need that right now. No. But uh, uh, anyway, funny story about Chris Evans. Okay, uh, let's go. Things to watch Sunday, Jay, um, as we get into Bengals v. Giants in New York. Um, I, I think for me, I'll, and I'm going to assume for you, I mean, you got to start with Cordell Volson, right? I mean, this has mm-hmm. to be – we're under the assumption based on what we've seen all week, and I think the anticipation is that Cordell Volson's going to get his probably full half with the first team. Uh, well, the first team, the team that is out there first. Um, <laughs> and not, they won't be starters because the starters aren't going to play against the Giants, but Cordell Volson, I think, is going to get his shot against the Giants starters uh, to go out there and prove that he can do it show that he can be reliable and consistent and better than Jackson Carmen was last week, which is not asking a lot. Um, but this is his opportunity. And, and, and it really feels like if he goes out there uh, and has a solid game, I mean, it's his. He may not play against the Rams. If, if, if they say that's enough to, to yeah. call him the starter, let's keep him healthy, right? Do the practices and keep him healthy. Uh, might end up being the way they go. but um, Or 
the door opens back up to the competition uh, and they feel like they don't have an answer. Yeah, he, he goes out and plays well enough Sunday night and his prize is two days of butting heads with Aaron Donald next week in practice. Yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> you got to learn somehow, yeah. you know? Throw him in the fire. Uh, I, they say iron sharpens iron, but I think in this case, <laughs> iron gets melted sometimes too in, in the fire. So uh might have to keep an eye on that. But um, I, I think that's the number one thing that everyone's going to be watching for on mm-hmm. Sunday. Outside of that, what do you got? Do you have any, uh, what's some of the other things you have, Jay? Well, I, I want to see Kwame Lasseter get a chance to return a punt. He didn't, the one last week was a shank and he, he ran up and fielded it on a bounce, did a good job keeping it from rolling further. But, you know, the Cardinals have a good offense, so even though they weren't playing their starters, it was still it was hard for the Bengals' second team defense to stop them. The Giants are not an offensive juggernaut, and who I Daniel Jones played last week. I, I assume they'll play the starters, Barkley and all them this week. But you would hope the defense can can stop them enough and, and force some more punts to where they can really get a good look at, at Kwame Lasseter as a punt returner, um, and then you know some of the other other returners too it's you know Kwame got a chance as a kick returner I don't think that's that job's gonna be Chris Evans um and I don't know Thad Moss can he rebound from the there Hayden Hurst is clearly the starter but you've got Wilcox out you got Sample out they're gonna need to count on Thad Moss you would think um at least a little bit early on in the season. And those two holding penalties were, were pretty bad last week. Can he rebound from that? Um, he was a little bit of a factor in the passing game. So those are those are a couple of things I'll be looking at. And then the punt competition, not just punt returner, but punting. It it feels like this is it's Chrisman's job to lose at this point. He's just got so much of a stronger leg than Kevin Huber. And uh, neither one of them had very good Nets last week, a um, couple of big returns against that group, one one off of each guy's foot. Um, but it's it's going to take, I think, a big stumble from Drew Chrisman not to win this job. Yeah, uh, that's probably fair. Um, but a big stumble could just be one bad hold. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it would take, I think, because you, you you that's where your concern lies. He's been perfect thus far and hasn't looked like any kind of an issue. Uh, but if you see one, you wonder what that would do to erode Darren Simmons' trust. We certainly saw what it did to erode his trust in Puka Williams Puka, yeah. the previous week. It only takes one really bad mistake. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um I'd like to see more pass pro from Chris Evans. I was surprised we only saw one rep of it mm. um, last week. Uh, you know, I still think if you really are considering him as a third down back, which maybe they're not as much, if, if the fact that they haven't given him that many, that that you're not seeing him out back there in, in pass protection. I'd like to see a little bit more of that. The other thing to look for, I think, is just going to be comparing snaps from week over week. When we when we look at who got the increased look, who came in earlier, who had a massive decrease in the amount of, of reps that they got beyond just the obvious left guard position, you know I think you can use that as a judge for the Bengals telling you, hey, what's the rule of the preseason? Follow the reps. Always follow the reps. It tells you everything you need to know. And so I think we'll do a side-by-side on on who played more, who played less, and why maybe they're giving somebody more or less opportunity and what that means for the regular season. So who, who that is that behind the scenes they've decided to give more run to, um, interested in that as well. Anything else, Jay? How about, how about a preseason stat slash trivia? 
Ooh, I like it. Let's go. So, you know, Kendrick Pryor had the 89 yards, huge receiving game last week. So I want, I went to look who was the last Bengal receiver to have a hundred receiving yard game in the preseason. Oh my gosh, Jay. Hundred yards it's, in a preseason game? He, is it yes, recent? This, no, it was not it was recent. Over, over a decade ago. So this is a guy that made the team was a was a main core of that main piece of that receiving core. TJ Hushmanzada? Uh nope. Uh Chris Henry? Chris Henry. Really? Seven, seven catches for a hundred yards and a touchdown in a seventeen to seven loss at New Orleans in two thousand nine. 2009 really yeah wow how about that that's interesting it's, it won't be long until his his uh son will be putting up those kind of numbers yes. uh, <laughs> stopped by <laughs> camp uh with adam jones and uh he lo- it, it is crazy how much he looks yeah. like slim yes. i mean it <laughs> it is remarkable both in wingspan height face, face everything yeah. about him and uh he's about to go he's about to go turn up uh, <laughs> in high school and eventually who knows wherever he lands in college he's got all kinds of offers already but yeah he looks like he's gonna be he could be the number one recruit in the country um okay let's finish it off with a little Hashtag Bengals growler bet. It's good to have the growler bet back. Uh, for those of you uh, that won last year, we're going to be going back through that list. I haven't gone back through the list of everybody yet, uh, but I'll be revisiting it here very soon because you can come down to 50 West uh, on our big event for the opener and collect on any growler bet winnings. We'll be in contact about that here uh, before too long. But if you didn't win, here's your chance to. If you can win in the next two preseason games, you can collect on that date as well and come on down. Uh, So if you can hit this number exactly correct, then you can have some delicious 50 West beer. So this week we thought in honor of what happened to Chris Evans with the Thad Moss hold of a 63-yard run called back and also the long P.I. against Alan George uh, for the Bengals' defense, we thought this week let's do length of the most yards lost on one play via a DPI or any offensive penalty. So if the Bengals commit a DPI that's 40 yards down the field, that number is 40. If the Bengals have a run called back because of a hold that's 17 yards, the number is 17. Uh, But it it has to be any yards called back or given up via penalty, uh, DPI or offensive penalty in Sunday's game against the Giants. One number. Only one number, Jay. I mean, we're really – that's just a pretty nice gift, easing ourselves – this kind of easing ourselves into the season, almost like we're trying to give away more of of Optimistic Bobby's beer. I guess I should ask him if it's okay we made it this season. (laughs) Yeah, and we're not even asking you to say whether it's DPI or an offensive. It's just 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 pick the number, and uh, I'm going to go 26. 26? Yeah. I'm I'm going to say, you know what? I think a lot of harping on penalties this week, a lot of disappointment in the penalties this week. I'm going to keep it low. I'm going to think the penalties, maybe they'll be less. So I'm going to say 14 is going to be my number, 14. Mm. So we'll get our bet started. And, Jay, we need to start thinking about what our year-long growler bet is going to be for us yeah. as we go through our competition. What happened last year? Did we end up tied? 
Uh, that's a good question. We'll have to go revisit that. We'll revisit yeah, I'll that. have to Ch- call up my spreadsheet. Revisit the spreadsheet, and we'll find <laughs> out exactly what it was. Uh, it was either right. a tie or you won by one. I know I didn't win. Uh, you can uh, send that to P to uh, P Daner at theathletic.com. Uh, and if you want to email me, or of course, hit us up on Twitter uh, at Paul Daner Jr. or at Jay Morrison ATH, and uh, we will happily take your suggestions there. Just make sure you include hashtag Bengals Growler bet, and we will see it. If you don't, and also make sure Growler's in the headline of your email. Uh, if you don't do that, we won't see it. And so uh, that's these are the only rules of the submission. So look forward to seeing for everybody. Good to have the Bengals Growler bet up and rolling for the season. All right. Uh, we'll have a walkout for you on Sunday night after Bengals Giants as we react to whatever went down uh, in New York. And uh, really looking forward to that. So thanks, everybody, for listening, uh, watching on YouTube. And uh, subscribe, rate if you can. We, we always appreciate that. And uh, we will talk to you on Sunday night. Have a good one, everybody.